So, everybody hear me before we get going? Because I don't speak louder, so I hate speaking loud enough. No, I'm not speaking louder for you. Uh, but the Lord kind of ha- has had my place in the past couple weeks on two things. One is abiding in Christ, and two is uh, renewing your mind. And I felt led to speak on abiding in Christ because I was been studying the uh, I've been studying the books First John, Second John, and Third John. And as I was telling Parker back there, it's literally every chapter John talks about abiding in Christ. And so I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> clearly abiding in Christ is important if it's in every chapter. There has to be something about it. So what really is abiding in Christ, and how do we do that? Is um, what we're going to talk about tonight, and we're going to start in um, John 15 uh, verses 1 through 10. Regular John, not First John or Second John, Third John, just regular John. <laughs> yeah, regular John this time. John fifteen one through ten. It says, "I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the world, because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you." No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. I can't see. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in me, and remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have, I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. All right, so let me open this now. Where was that? So I like to do kind of like a discussion type of thing. I don't like just me talking. But so like kind of what is abiding in Christ? That's close. It's denying the abiding with myself and what I want. Mm-hmm. For me, it's a lot like just denying self, you know? Mm-hmm. Just not doing what I want to do, make sure I'm doing what he's asking me to do. Yeah. Anybody else? Come on, somebody. What what is abiding? So what is abiding in Christ? It is to live continuously or to remain. So to abide in Christ is to live in him and remain in him. We must understand that this is a mutual relationship and it's an intimate relationship. 
Solomon 6.3. Does anybody know that verse by heart? Dang it, I'm going to have to look it up. I was hoping someone knew that by heart. <laughs> no, I was, I was hoping someone did, so I had to look it up. So I didn't know by heart. Uh, I am my beloved, and my beloved is mine. He grazes among the lilies. So abiding in Christ is literally remaining in relationship with him, in deep, intimate relationship with him, okay? It's kind of like if you're in a marriage, basically. You know what I mean? Like, like literally, it's marriage in a sense, okay? Is there's daily conversations. You're, what One goes through, the other goes through. They follow each other, you know what I mean? There is no splitting apart. In a, like, if you're in a marriage, you're together. There's no, like, going two ways. If there is, it's a rough marriage. <laughs> Lots were short. But uh, James Boyce, a theologian, says, when our Lord says, abide in me, he is talking about the will, about the choices and the decisions we make. We must decide to do things which expose ourselves to him and keep ourselves in contact with him. This is what it means to abide in him. And so if we are to abide in him, the first thing is um, imitating him. If we're abiding in Christ, then we must imitate Christ. If you look in the gospel, he, the way he calls the disciples, he calls the disciples in different ways, but he, all, he always says the exact same thing to them is follow him. Follow me. What does he ask Peter after, after uh, his resurrection? Follow me. So there's a constant, it's a daily following, okay? Yes, there's the one-time following of where, yes, you are my Lord, my Savior, but it's a daily following. Like, all right, you are my Lord and my salvation. Be my Lord of my life, okay? And so uh, me and Parker were talking about this a minute ago is we were actually talking about discipleship. And if you know how the Jews kind of did it back in the day, basically a disciple would leave their house, leave their family, literally leave everything behind. And they would go and follow a rabbi, and they would literally live life with him. So abiding in Christ in one aspect is just living life with him. That where he goes, I go. You know what I mean? What he says, I say. His thoughts have become my thoughts. His ways become my ways. You know what I mean? Like there's times where we always say people aggravate us, and we, couldn't, we can't stand people, right? Okay, but if you look in First John, um, basically in every chapter, he says, you can't say you're, this is the John Classen version, this is my version of it, okay? This isn't like, but he basically says, you can't say you're a disciple if you hate a brother. You can't say you really love Jesus if you hate your brother. You know what I mean? That like, it's hard, but it's deep. I can't say I'm a disciple if I hate someone. Shoot, I got to repent earlier from, from when I was pumping gas because I was looking and I was like. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'm glad I ain't living those parts. Uh, oh, yeah, like I said, like literally like if you have something like literally just interrupt me, I'm not going to care. Like, so that way everybody knows that. Second one is obey his commands. Evidence of knowing God and abiding in God is obeying his commands. A mature love for God is shown in obedience out in the presence of obedience and love assures us. Okay, so in 1 John, 
I can, I'm not going to go into all the verses. I can send those out later. But he talks about that there's evidence that you are abiding in Christ if you're loving people and you're obeying his commands. Okay? And so when he's talking about that, he's in that moment, he's more talking about the brethren, like, who, like your brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, obviously, that should still be, you should still love everyone. You shouldn't hate anybody. But the way you know you're in him is if you're obeying his commands. And what is his commands? Understanding and love. Yep. But, yeah, and you're you're right on. Is in John it talks about that he he bring he brings up the old command, but he says now this is a new commandment I give you, and this is John saying what Jesus would give him. Okay, Jesus. We learned uh, the other night that in Matthew five was it Matthew five, yeah. Okay, where Jesus the Pharisee asked him like what are the two greatest commandments? He says love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, understanding, strength, mind. Whatever version you read, it all says something different, but around the same things. And he says the other thing is love your others, love others as you love yourself. But later on, when they're at the table, he gives them a new commandment, and he says, love, is it 13? Yeah. yeah. He says, love others as I have loved you. Not as you love yourself anymore, but as I have loved you. One thing that I think is super cool about that is it can still, both can still reign supreme truly because, um, you know, in order for us to, in order for anyone to love anyone, you have to love yourself. You have to. And how are we to love ourselves is the same way the Father loves how are we going to be able to pour out the Father's love if we are not loving ourselves like the Father loves us? Mm-hmm. And so they both reign true at the same time, but I believe it's not just the earthly love. You know, love everybody, care for everybody. No, it, it's love everybody like Jesus loved everybody. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's a different thing. Yeah. I, I think that's so cool how they can correlate and still both reign true. And I'm going to steal what you brought up earlier. Okay, so we... It's easy to like. It's easy to obey God and say, "Okay, God, I'll love everybody." But it's really hard whenever something interrupts your plans. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's really annoying whenever you're trying to do something or you're in the middle of just and something comes up and it interrupts your plans. But what's really more important? Your s- stupid plans or loving someone? <laughs> yeah. 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 If you go through First Corinthians thirteen, it's called the love chapter, right? Yeah. So, so really, it's not that you don't have patience; you've not cultivated it in your life. Yeah. So I think too, because a lot of times we we see love and we base it off emotions, mm-hmm. and love beyond that is a person. Yeah. So it's like that's a reality. I don't know that that we we learned. In, I mean, we're it says be rooted and grounded in love. Yeah. Right. So it's like whenever you come to this place. Almost becomes automatic. You won't even have to think. Do I need to love them? It's just the nature that it's become so real and alive in your heart. Yeah. Like, sometimes it's hard to love yourself. Let's be honest. Sometimes I don't like. I don't be, yeah. You know, like sometimes you gotta love yourself in faith, right? You, you sometimes you have like, you know what? I don't like a thing I look about me. I don't like how I was raised. You know, you can go down the line. But you know what? I, I'm in a new family, and by faith, I'm gonna love myself. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I think that's a challenge for me that I have to remind myself. It's not even about how I feel. Guess what? There's sometimes. I mean, I, I uh, like you talk about marriage. You don't always feel married. You don't always want to wake up and get up and do the dishes. You don't want to wake up and be up and do all these stuff. Like, but love is selfless. Yeah. Like, like it's not. It's a choice. Every yeah. day I get up and I yeah. make a choice. Yeah. To say, Father, uh, I'm going to love. But when I take it a step further, it's not just a choice. It's this is who I am. Yeah. If 
I'm not, I mean, what am I rooting and grounding for? Before, I was rooting against, in the world. Yeah. Um, and the beautiful thing is, when you talk about abide, you know, we even, the, the Lord talks about being transplanted. You know, I was really taken from here, and I was moved over here, and now I've been given the grace. Yeah. You know, and so I am the blessed steward. That's good. Anything else? Yeah, that's like, okay, so like we all know I've shared my relationship with my mom. It used to be pretty much awful. It's, it's gotten better. And a lot of times we think we look at things like this. It's, and realis- realistically, I have every right to hate my mom, to not want to talk with her, and not want to ever have a relationship with her. I have every single right to because of the way that she's treated me and the things that she's done. I have every right to. And there's times where I want to. But the, about two month, about a month ago, she said, we were on a phone call, she said something to me, and it, it made me really mad, and I was like, all right, you know what, in my head I'm thinking, I was like, you know what, I'll put up with this too long enough, I'm done with it, so I hung up the phone right then and there, and I didn't talk to her for like a week, and she messaged me the next morning and said, hey, I'm really sorry for that, I shouldn't have said that, that went too far, and I didn't talk to her for two weeks, and I was in church, and I began to think, if God really forgave me, how much, how much easier is it for me to forgive her, out of all the things I did wrong, <laughs> Out of all the things I said, bad, did bad things against him, betrayed him. You know what I mean? I had, he has, like God had every right to not save me, to not give me the option. He did. Like I, did, not like we we said all the time, we don't deserve it and we couldn't earn it. So he had every right not to have Jesus come down. He could have if he really wanted to, but that's how much he loved us. And so when we put that into action, is you know, like yes, you might have every right to hate that person because they did awful things to you, like you were just saying. You might have every single right, but what is the commandment? What is the right thing to do? Jesus was on the cross forgiving people. <laughs> like, I don't know about you, but if I was on the cross right there, ain't no way I'm saying, Father, forgive these people for they know not what they do. Ain't no way I'm saying that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm be like, look, look, we got to send these people to hell. Like, I... <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The third one is uh, the third one is fruit bearing. Jesus clearly tells us that if we abide in him, and this is in John fifteen, it's pretty it's pretty clear. If you abide in me, your fruit will show it. Not your gifts, but your fruit. And you know, I uh, we were at a revival service, uh, Nick Walker and he was preaching and he was talking about the fruits and the gifts one night, and he said, everybody has gifts, but not a lot of people have fruits. 
Everybody can sing. Everybody wants to prophesy. Everybody wants to preach and teach and all these things. But not a lot of people want to love and show mercy. Not a lot of people live in joy, but yet they'll come up here and worship. It doesn't really make sense to me how you can have gifts but not have the fruits. And so to abide in Christ doesn't mean you have a gift. Everybody can sing. Some better than others, but everybody can sing, okay? So singing is not a gift. Like, singing's really not that big of a deal, you know what I mean? Like, if if Will sings but hates me, I can give a crap what he says up there. Because if, if Will's singing and he hates Mike, you know what I mean? <laughs> that literally means nothing to me. He's not re- I could question his discipleship. I could be like, are you really saved? Because you, you, you sit up here, you sing these songs about how loving and compassionate God is, but then you want to judge other people. You know what I mean? You want to sit up and sing how how good God is, how how He's a job or He's providing for other, how, how He's providing for us, but we don't want to provide for other people. You know what I mean? It's it's a lot easy to say, yeah, I have a gift, I can do this, but do you really have the fruits? I I don't care about your gifts, I care about your fruits. Discipleship is about fruits, not about gifts. Like I said, everybody can sing. That doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you look up Galatians five? It's verse 22 and 23. I don't know them all by heart, so I'm just not even. All right, never mind. Yeah, you're good. Go ahead. So think about this. All all the fruits he just read off. Um, Say it again a little bit louder if you can. All right, so if you, we all want to say, we all say we're disciples, and that's awesome. I hope, I pray to God, we all are, we all want to say we're Christians saved. Do, does our life reflect those fruits that we just read? Now, I'm not saying you're going to be like, oh, well, I, I love people. Um, I'm pretty joyful, but I don't have a lot of patience. That means mean I'm unsaved. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is does your life reflect any of the fruits? You know what I mean? Because look, there's times where I'm at work with kids and I'm not patient with them <laughs> and I'm not loving towards them. Like there's times where I could kill these kids and like I wouldn't care. Sometimes, yes. Oh. <laughs> Still. <laughs> I'll, I'll claim it too. I mean. <laughs> but uh, where was that? Yeah. Yeah. Not gonna use me or love me. Like we're all a we're a, we're a work in progress, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're working on me, right? Making me who I ought to be, and it's a daily. I mean, that's why we die daily. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, don't beat yourself up because like I can tell you, the last forty-eight hours, um, I it was very hard for me to not want to be confused. But and there's times I wasn't, and you know I had to apologize to my wife like seven, eight times. <laughs> Yeah. Comes in, that I can come to her and say, babe, I'm being a complete jerk or, or whatever. I'm so sorry. Like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't give you time to finish or I cut you off. And yeah. So like, don't, but don't. It's very easy if you don't watch to get into legal. 
legalism. Mm-hmm. And you think, well, if I don't have these things, then I must not be a disciple. Yeah. Well, it, it, that's why the approach is if I'm in Christ, these things are in me, but I need to go find out how many scriptures do you know about love? Mm-hmm. How many verses do you know about patience? How yeah. many verses do you know? And how are you bringing that out about your life? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's where you look at it. A place your life is unfruitful, then I, I need to quit looking at the fruit and start looking at the root of my problem, right? I yeah. need to be saved and born again and still have bitterness in my heart and still have unforgiveness. Because when you all got saved, did you just get perfect all of a sudden? <laughs> no. Like, come on. Like, it's not to forgive and forget. It's forgive to forget. It's yeah. a process. And I think yeah. a lot of times we, we put so much emphasis on the fruit that forget the fruit. If I'll fix the root of the things in my life, mm-hmm. I'll begin to change. Because just because he's the Lord of my heart, man, I tell you, my brain didn't change in 2010 in March at a youth rally. It didn't, it didn't happen in that moment. Some people, that happens. Mm-hmm. But I had to go and start to renew my mind and unlearn and get tapped into a new root system that I just got developed. So, yeah. Um, I don't know, be encouraged. Don't, don't be, and don't compare yourself to other people's walks. Yeah. Like, I think there are times that, you know, in my, in my life, I surround myself with people that are further than I am. Not because um, they're better, but they're apparently doing something that I can learn from. You know, and at the same time, I'm going to turn in retrospect and I'm going to go give out what I got. Because you never, uh, I learned the most when I did wrestling, wasn't when I was getting, not, not just when I was losing and all of that, but when I turned and had to teach peewee kids that were, uh, you know, five, six, seven, eight, even younger, how to do what I was doing. So, you know, if find people in your life that you can invest in. Like, we all know one person that may, may be saved or not saved, but you have something that you can offer, and he begins to grow. Right? There's times, right, I, Jared and I, we have conversations. There's things he, he's further, has a deeper understanding in, but I'm okay with that because I can learn from him. But if I don't ever ask questions, yeah. if I don't ever expose myself to people like, man, I need help in this area. Okay, cool. Then do it. It's just like discipleship. They literally tied a rope to each other. He would be in a line. He was so close, I forget the, the word, but you could, they, they were known for, you could feel the, they traveled so close that the dust off their sandals would cover them. I mean, that's how close they followed um, they followed along with him. And, 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 and the same thing when we talk about, uh, I don't mean to ramble on. No, you're good. Uh, Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. Right? And a yoke in that, and back then was a, a cattle yoke. So it went around your neck. And what they would do, they would take a more experienced ox and hook it up with a young ox who doesn't know anything. And they would begin to plow. And the thing was, was the older ox took on the weight because he was more trained. And the word yoke, now you're saying, well, what's that mean to us? Back then, it was take upon my teaching. So when you take upon Jesus' yoke, right, he says, my, take up my yoke upon you, my, my, my yoke easy and my burden light. He's pulling the load for you. But it's my job to go get yoked up with the Father and say, what does your word say about love? What yeah. does your word say about forgiveness? What does yeah. your word say about self-control? And then, guess what? It becomes automatic. Yeah. So, so I think that when we understand that, I'm like, it's a fixed fight. I'm yoked with him, but I got to remember my position mm-hmm. in him. Because guess what? There's some times I'm gonna go over there and garden or work, and that ground's hard. But, but I got to remember who's with me plowing. Yeah. You know, I don't got to go reinvent the wheel again. I don't got to go and and just simply do what Jesus said. Yeah. And you begin to see what Jesus said. Yeah. Now that's good. So. 
And then my, my first two questions is as, as I was reading these, is I was like, okay, so what is abiding? You know, we kind of got through that with the past three things I'll share. But then how do we do it daily? Like, how do I abide in Christ daily? And the first one is prayer. And this is from Charles Spurgeon. Prayer comes spontaneously from those who abide in Jesus. Prayer is the natural outgushing of a soul in communion with Jesus. Okay? And, and sim- we could go really deep into prayer, but simply is talking to Jesus talking to someone you know like okay like they're married Kyle's married she's married like if you don't talk to the person you're probably not going to have a good relationship with them if I don't sit down and have dinner with them I'm probably not going to have a good relationship with them you know if I'm not going to go out and do things with them I'm probably not going to have a good relationship with that person like you know what I mean like if I don't if they don't talk every day the relationship probably won't be that good it won't be that strong, okay? So the first thing is how do we abide in Christ is daily have a relationship with him, talk with him, listen to him. He, he, he speaks. God speaks, but are you hearing him? And a lot of times, is, you know, me and Kyle were talking about this the other day, is, is Kyle was saying it's not that God isn't speaking to you, it's that you can't hear him because there's so many things going on in your mind that your mind is so cluttered that you're so distracted that you're not hearing him speak. You know what I mean? I think so many times... Uh, I was reading a book by, I think it was Brian Johnson, and he was kind of talking about that as like how him, him and his wife's relationship kind of got into strain because the worship um, team at Bethel had started growing and getting more popularity, so it caused him to have to do more things. Well, because of that, all of his focus was, was on that so much of the time that he was losing connection with his wife. And I think we can get like that. It's not that, that, not that the wife isn't there is talking to him, it's, but he's so distracted by so many other things that we can't even hear what he's saying. Or she's saying, you know what I mean? I think we can get that way with Christ sometimes. And so simply abiding in Christ is prayer, talking with him. Second thing is is uh, reading the word. Reading the word renews and keeps your mind fixed on Christ, which allows you allows your heart to be molded by it. And like you kind of, you just hit on it, is reading the word, okay? And the last part is keeping your commandments. And these two kind of go hand to hand. How can I keep the commandments if I don't know what they are? You know what I mean? Like if I don't, if abiding in Christ is living like Christ, but I've never read the Bible, I really don't know how Christ lived. <laughs> it's kind of hard to know how someone lived if I've never read about him. You know what I mean? Like if I want, okay, like I want to abide in Christ. So that means I want to live like Christ. I want to live in Christ. Okay. I want to walk with him daily. All right. Well, where do I start? Get in gospels. Where did Jesus walk? What did he, how did he interact with people? How did he talk to people? You know what I mean? Like kind of like things we were talking about earlier. Jesus could, had every right to hate the Pharisees <laughs> and get tired of them. You know what I mean? But he still loved them. Jesus had every right to just cast Peter off and pick someone else to take Peter's spot, but he still forgave Peter or renewed him. You know what I mean? So if we want to learn how to if we want to learn how to abide in Christ and walk in Christ and live like Christ, we have to get in the word. We have to get in the word. It's that simple. Prayer, get in the word and keep his commandments. That's how you abide in Christ. Those are daily things. They're not it's not complicated. Like you always say it's not that hard. It's simple. Jared said he mentioned a, a, he mentioned it in your share group. 
you know, a lot of times his life's so busy, but his time with God is when he's intentional time is when he's in his car. You know, a lot of times for me, I either got to make the choice now uh, to get up earlier before my wife and my son, because she goes to work at 530 in the morning, and, or, or I can make the choice to, to go, somebody was kicking the <laughs> anyway, Chad, uh, or I can make the choice to stay up later. But when you really think about it, what you value, you make time for. Right? Now, how many of us today have been on our phone? How many was the last time you looked at your screen time and saw what was the most that you looked at? What if you could take your screen time in half and extend that into work? Where would you be at? Right? I mean, it's no condemnation, but sometimes I think we, we talk spiritual, and not that he has been on. He's got the ability to explain this stuff to him. That's awesome. But sometimes I'm very practical and realistic, so you say, okay, hey, I'm not a morning person. Cool. Well, then find time in your day. If you've never spent an hour praying and reading, don't think you're going to go home tonight Go pray for an hour and not fall asleep. If you're going to, then guess what? It's okay. But start with five minutes. Yeah. Find a verse. Find, find, take one minute. I'm going to thank God. Take take the second minute. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to, to pray. Find a verse. I'm going to pray. Take a third minute and thank Him for hearing me. Like, practically start somewhere. And, uh, I don't know. I just think a lot of times we can make it really, really complicated. And it's not. Yeah. Like, if a kid can't, like, if my son... Like, he's, he's a little over one. He knows what amen is. He knows what raise your hands are. He knows what pray for somebody is. He's only one. Like, not that, but it's that simple. And yeah. the kid can get it. And yeah. I think sometimes we overcomplicate this thing because in our culture, we were raised in American system. i got to do this in order to get here. And I don't have to. I just, hey, God, here, like, I literally, okay, for two days, and I've not been in my Bible for two days. I'm not. Listen to hardly any worship for two days, and you're thinking, oh, my God, Kyle, what are you going to do? No, but it's not about that. Like, yeah, I probably should have, but guess what? I was praying all the way here today. So it, there's this thing that, yes, disciplines are very, very important if you want to grow. You don't, my pastor always says, you don't want to be stupid. I mean, come on, like, we go to heaven, and we're going to be ignorant. But, like, if I'm getting my butt kicked, it's no one's fault but mine. Like, go get my nose in the book, find out what's mine, and start walking in it. And start, you know. Doing the things that he says I can do. You know, they call it in, uh, in life blameship. Well, that's a kid's fault. No, that's part of this love thing, right? No one forced you to get saved. Yeah. It was his goodness that drew you. And guess what? His goodness is going to draw you to you. So read. And now all of a sudden you read this book with the only author present, right? He's right there, and, and he's teaching you, and he's explaining things to you. But I'll stop. <laughs> Anything else in there, buddy?
parking guy thing you just Well, I'm going to pray, and then Matt will do prayer requests after that, and we'll get out of here. Uh, so everybody bow their head and close their eyes. So, Father, we thank you for this time to get here and gather, God, and just worship and glorify and praise you, God. Father, uh, I pray, God, that these words tonight weren't my words, God, but they were your words, God. Father, I pray that they help guide other people on how to abide in you and what that looks like, God. Father, I pray if that's even someone that's going to listen to this later, God, Father, I just pray that you download wisdom that you've given me into them, God, and that they can learn how to live with you daily, God, walk with you, talk with you, God, live life with you, God, in every moment, God. Father, I pray, God, that we don't get to a place like uh, Kyle was saying earlier, to a merit system to where we have to do this, this, and this, and this, and this to try to earn your love, God, but, Father, that you've already given it to us, God. You've already given us your grace, your mercy, and forgiveness, God. So, Father, we thank you for all those things, God. Uh, so, Father, we right now, we just thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.